Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. So the Bible says, now the Lord said to Moses, verse 2, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes, verse 3. And the Bible says, so Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. And so Moses sends people out according to the directive of God. This is critical because um, why the spies were sent, as I, as I said, is a big deal. We're going to see it in a minute. Now, go down to verse 31. So the spies go out. They, they investigate the land. They check it out. They come back. And, and, and one guy says, you know what? Matthew, two guys said, man, we could do this. God has given us the land. Let's just go do it. Let's just move on it. Uh, uh, we can do this. But the Bible says, but the other men who had explored the land with, with him disagreed. Here's what they said. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we. Now, here's the thing that, that, that bothers me. I didn't know this was a strength test. When God sent them to get the promised land, I didn't know it was about who could lift the most weights or who could. I didn't know we were going there to, show, to see who had the biggest biceps. And tr- Sometimes when God gives you something to do, you turn it into something else. You say, well, I just can't. I can't because I don't have no money. Did, wait a minute. Who told you you needed money? What about it? I, I, I can't. I didn't finish high school. I, um, I didn't know this was about what, what, school you, what class you finished. If God favors you to do something, it's not about what you've accomplished. It's about what he's accomplished. The promises of God are based on his glory and his excellence, not yours. Watch this now. So he says, they said, we can't do it. We can't go up against them. Why? They're stronger than we are. <laughs> Remind me of a story. This is a true story. So uh, I was in the army. I had a sergeant named Sergeant Sparks. Sergeant Sparks was about 6'1". She's a tall lady. And um, we were her soldiers. And, and we had a young lady working for her. She, she, she had a roommate. Um, a female roommate that was a weightlifter. And, and oh, I, we didn't know what their relationship was. That's not what this is about. But, but she would come, the, the, the roommate would come, come like this. She would come and, and wait at the door, and the young lady would go out and go with her. I'm talking strapping strong. She was, this lady was so strong, she was intimidating to the skinny brothers. We were like, man, she was busting out. So, so one day, the young lady comes to work, and she has all these shades. And Sergeant Sparks says, come here. She said, take those shades off. Her eyes were black. She said, what happened? She said, my roommate beat me up. Your roommate beat you, beat you up. She said, when she comes to get you today, I'm going to get her. I was like, Charles Sarge Sparks, no. Have you seen this woman? Oh, my God. I said, she, <laughs> I said, she's, I mean, she's like a hog. She's busting out the steam. Sarge Sparks looked at me, and she said, she said, what's she going to do, bench press me? I said, okay, your you, funeral. I mean, so, so. So afternoon came, the lady pulls up, she does, she all comes to the door, she straps, she bounces up to the door. Sergeant Park pushes open the door and goes to meet her. She said, let me tell you something right now. See that soldier right there? That's my soldier. You will not put your hand on her anymore. As a matter of fact, don't ever come back to this building again. You hear me? The lady looked up and down and turned and walked off. Now, I got to confess something. Now, I, I'm in my 20s. I'm skinny as a rail. I, you, normally, you go out and back your sergeant up. I didn't. I was looking through the glass in the door like... Because if this lady had started to beat Sergeant Sparks down, I was going to run to get somebody. I was trying. 
So when Sergeant Sparks come back in the building, I said, man, I said, weren't you afraid? She looked at me again. She said, here's the difference between weights and me. I hit back. Listen, my life shifted in that moment. I said, what do you say? She said, weights can't hit back. Weights aren't trained to defend themselves, but I am. I will beat the life out of her. And she turned and walked off. I stood there thinking to myself, I just heard from the Lord. She said, what I got from this conversation was, I was making it a battle of strength and not skill. Her thing was like, if you're beating up indefensible people, it means what Sergeant Sparks knew was she's a coward. And if she's a coward, she can't handle someone standing up to her. She, I never saw that lady come back to that building again. The problem with you is you're measuring the wrong stuff. So the Bible says, so they spread this report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. But again, was this a battle to see who's bigger? No. The promise of God was, I'm giving you the land. Look at the next verse. This is the, last, the last verse of chapter 13. It says this. Everybody read together with me. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like, uh-huh. Now, this is this verse, I can't get it out of my heart, and this is, what, this is why we're on this part of the series. Next to them is comparison. Everybody say comparison. Comparison steals your sense of contentment and happiness. When we compare ourselves with others, it means that we're not satisfied with who we are. We're still searching for who we want to be. Now, I'm going to tell you where you got this from. From ever since you were a little child, you learned and grew by looking at others and imitating them. But uh, your motive was, was to improve yourself, not to impair or judge yourself. You got it? So what happens, you ask any basketball player, any young boy, who's your favorite player? And he said, Kobe Bryant. He'll say, Michael, Michael Jordan, whatever. He'll tell you, and all he did was he'd look at his game, compare his game, and imitate what he's seeing. That's normal. But when you get to the place where God gives you an assignment and you're looking to say, are you as good as the other people in the same arena? You never qualify. You will never qualify. And it will keep you crippled and behind the power curb. Right now, you're not doing what God told you to do because you don't think you're good enough. That's comparison. And it's not the will of God. But that's not what we're saying today. The second thing is, is the fear of people. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And so, that's what, what they thought too. They didn't know what those giants were thinking. But the thing is, watch this now, we, they did what we always do. We think people are thinking something based on how we feel. We felt like grasshoppers. If God has chosen you for something and promised to give it to you, it makes no difference what anybody thinks. Now, I, I want to read the spies report to you in our modern language. Here's what they said. The giants looked at us. And we knew what they were thinking based on how we felt. We knew what they were thinking based on how we felt. They were thinking that we weren't qualified to beat them. But you don't know what people are thinking. And so I, I use this analogy and I love it. So, so she has some issues, some body image issues, and she stands in the mirror and she's getting dressed to go to this dinner. And she puts on her dress and she goes. And she looks and she goes. Hmm. She stands back and she Change the shoes, and she goes, okay. And she leaves out. She go, now watch this. 
She gets to the dinner, and there's two ladies sitting at the table. And they're talking, and the door opens, they look up, and she comes in, and the one lady says, oh, man, she killed That's a good she wearing that dress. The other lady said, I think I know her. Just then, the lady over here that comes in, she catches them looking at her. So, because they're admiring her, they smile to be friendly. But she says, based on how she feels about her dress, they, don't th they think they're better than me. But the lady's over here saying, I hope she comes sit down over here because I want to know what kind of dress that is. That child, she killing that game. And the other, lady, the other lady kept saying, she looks like somebody. No, her hair's kind of, and she's still, her hair's kind of different. And, she's, and you over here thinking, my hair, did I miss a spot? This one piece of hair won't stay in place. You're thinking, you're thinking that they're thinking something against you because of how you feel. The problem is not with them. The problem is with you. The Say this out loud. Say the problem is not with them. The problem is in me. Some people didn't say, so get your neighbor, make them uncomfortable. Point to them, say, the problem is not with them. The problem is in you. It's your insecurity. Someone taught you to be afraid. Someone taught you that you aren't good enough experience taught you that people will use you and throw you away so you always think that everyone that's looking at you and smiling and they're talking about you what you now here's what she did wrong so she comes in she's walking and she's she's uncomfortable just she's she's looking for a place to sit down and the ladies over here say man we have an empty seat i hope she sits here but you can't sit with them because you're going they're judging me look at them they ain't no good look they're ugly anyway and you now you're making enemies that were supposed to be your friends Watch this now. See, I'm going to preach this. Baby, when I go home, just make sure if I, if I pass out in the garage, just drag me in the house, get me on dress, put me in the tub. Watch this. No, we're going here. Put on the screen for me, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. Message translation, please. I want to show you something. So you have to understand how this thing works. People sizing you up or putting you down makes no difference in the grand scheme of things. Their opinion of you cannot affect your outcome. What people think about, listen, I'm going to tell you a crazy story. When I first started doing jazz records, here's the crazy thing. There were people who played better than me when they heard my record. They go, he can't play. But my record was on the radio and theirs wasn't. I had six singles on the charts. Matter of fact, I was riding in a limo with a well-known Grammy Award-winning producer, and when he saw uh, Sony Records sent me an email saying, congratulations, you made Billboard, and I showed it to him, and he goes, man, he said, I've never been on Billboard. I said, man, you got all these songs? He said, yeah, but I've never seen my name. It's always for another artist. Here I was, hadn't played in nine years. I did a record because it came on my heart. And let me tell you the whole story. Someone had broken my heart, and God said, instead of going after them, go in the studio. And I started to pour out before the Lord, and he took the thing I did in obedience to him. And when it was released, wherever, whenever people heard it, they loved it. Watch this. So people hear it and say, yeah, I like Hart Ramsey, but you know, I, I, like, I like people who play skillfully. But here's the crazy thing. You, you cut on any smooth jazz channel, Comcast, DirecTV, you keep it there long enough, you're going to hear three or four of my songs. You hear theirs. You, you, listen, you hear theirs. You know why? Because it's not about skill. Somebody shout, I have a promise. 
Yes, sit down. Let me show you something. Watch this. This is the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. His testimony about to blow your mind. Check this out. Paul said, this is my life work. Helping people understand and respond to this message of Jesus Christ, the grace of God in Christ. He said, it came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. He said, God was handling all the details. It wasn't me. Sound like Shaggy. Remember that song? It wasn't me. Watch this. That's what he said. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, I love this part. He said, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. What does that look like? Let me show you. Everybody respond to this. How many of you here have a four-year degree? Put your hand up. Four-year college degree. How many of you here have greater than a four-year college degree? Put your hand up. How many of you have a two-year associate degree? How many of you do not have a college degree? Okay, how many, now watch this. How many of you did not graduate from high school? Good. Now, keep your hand up. I'm going to show you something. Okay, now put your hand up. I'm going to show you something. When God was looking for someone to use, he eliminated all the postgraduates. He eliminated all the bachelor degrees. He eliminated all the associate degrees. He eliminated all the high school diplomas. He was looking for someone who was properly unqualified. You know why? Because the person that he wanted to choose had to be able to say, it's not me, but it's the God in me. You're disqualifying yourself talking about the people we saw in the land, they're bigger than we are, they're stronger than we are. And God said, I did that on purpose. I want to make sure. Sit down. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees, Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. As he said, he said, now I gotta get I gotta get you out of here. He says this. He says, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped. But you can be sure it had nothing to do with my natural 
abilities. And so here I am, as we said, I love this. Here I am preaching and writing about things that are way over. It's above my pay grade. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. He said, I don't know about it, but I know him. I'm making decisions that cause me to win. I don't even, people say, man, you're, you're, you're a genius, you're an expert witness. They don't call me to the stand. I'm not an expert witness. I'm an expert in him, but I don't know this. See, what happens is when I believe his promise, his promise enables me to do things I can't do. People say, so people come to me and say, Pastor, show us how you did what you did. They said, we, we've been watching you for years. And we watch how you, what happened? Let me tell you what happened with us. What happened was all I knew to do was give back to God what was his. I kept giving back to God what was his. And what he would do is he'd turn around and create these amazing deals. In 1998, the, 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 my, my medical bills were beyond what we could pay. The last operation a family member had um, was a five-day stay at $10,000 a day just for the bed. That was not the doctors, the medication, nothing. It was just for the bed. It was so much. I went to a lawyer. What do we do? He said, file bankruptcy. I said, I can't do that. I said, I believe I have to pay my just, just debt. So I went to work again. It, it, bills kept coming. I went to him again. I said, what can I do? He said, you have to file bankruptcy. So in 1998, two years after I started this church, I filed bankruptcy. In 1999, God said, move the church to Dothan. We come to Dothan. This is a crazy story. We come to Dothan. We look for bills. We find this building over here. It used to be a club. Um, um, I remember we, we entered into a lease uh, purchase agreement with the owner. This is a crazy, every time I think about it, it's crazy. The owner um, takes me in to see his banker. Takes me in to see the banker, and I'll never forget this. The banker is talking about doing business with me, and I interject. I said, man, listen, when you, when you pull my credit score, there's a bankruptcy, and the dude was like, I know. Make no difference. He said, he said we believe in what you're doing. The, bank, uh, the, the, the uh, owner of the billing was a member of the church. He vouched for me. They gave me a loan to pay for the building. A signature loan. According to the natural laws, I was three years into a seven-year bad credit bankruptcy. But in the third year, God approved the loan. Watch this now. We went in to do a renovation loan. I mean, we were renovating the building out of our pocket, ran out of money. I called the bank. I said, Harry, I need to talk to you. He comes over to the building. I said, we ran out of money. He, he, said, he says, okay, I see. He says, what I want you to do. He said, why don't you come by the bank um, and, and let's, let's do some business. I said, I'm, I'm going out of town on a vacation. Here's what he says to me. He said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend your loan, and he gave us an extra, it was between four fifty dollars and $500,000, I don't remember, about $450,000. And he said, just come by and sign fit on your way out of town. Check this out. I have four years left on bad credit bankruptcy, and he tells me, come by and sign for a signature loan. And that, that taught me something about God. God does not need, I understand, he said, my credit ain't good. When God tells you to go look for the house, he ain't talking to you about no credit report. How do you not know that God wants to use your, your, your obedience to fix your credit report? You, you're always telling God why you can't. I'm here to tell you that God never chooses the qualified. He qualifies the called. I'm almost done. Where you at, Greg? So... Psychologists say that the unhappiest people in the world are people who care about what everyone else thinks about them. It's impossible to be truly free if you're always worrying about what people think. Once people know you're not qualified, they're going to think bad about you. Do you care? 
You can't care. Look at where you are now. And if you're listening to what I'm saying, God, the thing is you want change, but you don't want to make it. Three to 30% of the church is tithing. In this church, 27% of our members tithe. 27%. And the thing is, here you are. You say, Pastor, I just can't afford a time. Let me tell you a story. So years ago when I, I, I could, I, I made bills. Everybody, I mean, you know what it is to make bills. I made bills. And, and when I got this message about tithing, I said, God, I got to be obedient. And so I was going in a cycle where sometimes I could tithe and sometimes I can't. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to fix this. So I, I picked up the phone. Heard a message just like this, picked up the phone. I called the bill collectors one by one. And I said, here's my problem. I said, I have something that just came up that i got to take care of. I know I signed a contract to pay you $100 a, a month, but can I change it to, to 80 Guys like, matter of fact, it was 75. He said, okay, well, can you do 80? I said, I could do 80. Called the other person. I said, I know I owe you $50 a month for this credit card. Uh, um, can, I pay you, can I pay you 30? He said, can you do 40? I said, I could do 40. I went down to every bill collector. And to the person, they changed the amount except one. They were like, no, we want all our money. And so I struggled through paying, the, paying um, Mr. Bill what was his and giving God what I believe, showing God I believe in the promise. Then a crazy thing happened. I had to sign a deal one time for some furniture because I didn't have no furniture in my house. And I, I signed a deal for some furniture and they were charging me 30 something percent. This is, I want you to listen to this. I was going every month making the payment on this furniture. And, and it wasn't that kind of deal back then. It was in Fort Stewart, done in Fort Stewart, Georgia, where you have to come in, stand in line. You ever been in a situation you stand in line, wait your turn to pay your bill? Because they didn't want it in the mail, that's where we were. And so I was standing in line behind these people. When it came my turn, what you do, you go up to the desk and you tell them your name. I came up, I said, I said Hart Ramsey. The lady scrolls, she says, paid in full. I said, uh, I said no, uh, Hart Lee Ramsey. She said, paid in full. I said, no, you can't be paid in full because I just got a bill from you last week. She took the paper <laughs> up off the desk. That's what she did. She was sitting at the desk, she went, can you read? And I said, yes. She said, what does it say? In the red, I said, pay it in full. She said, okay. I said, so what did I do? She said, move somebody behind you. <laughs> Listen, in that moment, something became very clear. I was, listen, God will make happen for you what you believe his promises to do. And you think because you can't figure it out, it can't be done. But I'm here to tell you it can. I'm going to show you what went wrong. Remember what you read in Numbers 13, verse 1? Let me show you something. Put on the screen for me, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 19 from the New Living Translation. I want to show you this. My voice is about to go. I got to get out of here. I want, we ain't going to shout. If we do, you gonna, I'm going to leave you shouting. I don't shout it twice on this. I'm happy about it already. Watch this. Then just as the Lord our God commanded, let me, let me give some background. The book of Deuteronomy is a book that Moses wrote at the end of his life. It's called, the, the word Deuteronomy means the second covenant or the second law. And what Moses was doing was rehashing most of the stuff that happened in Exodus. He was telling them again, reminding them, encouraging them. But he tells the story of the spy incident from a different perspective. It seems to contradict the numbers perspective, but when I put them together, you see it makes sense. So the Bible says, he says to them, just as the Lord our God commanded us, we left Mount Sinai and traveled through the great and terrifying wilderness, as you yourselves remember, and headed toward the hill country of the Amorites. When we arrived at Kadesh Barnea, I said to you, here's what he said, you have now reached the hill country of the Amorites that the Lord our God is giving us. The Lord our God is giving us. The Lord our God is what? 
Not, we ain't buying it. We're not qualifying for it. The Lord our God is giving it to us. By his glory and excellence, he gives a promise. I'm going to give it to you. Look at the next verse. Look, Moses said. He has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you. And as we said, don't be afraid of the fight you're about to experience. Don't be discouraged when you see things that look above you. If it's too tall for you, God will reach up on the shelf and bring it down to you. Don't be afraid if they look stronger than you because your God is going to fight for you. While they're coming up on you, listen, this is a crazy thing. He says, he's encouraged, look at verse 22. He said, but you all came to me and said, first, let's send our scouts to explore the land for us. They will advise us on the best route to take and which towns we should enter. This seemed like a good idea to me, comma, stop. He went on to say, so I chose 12, but that's not what happened. He, it seemed like a good idea to me. Then Numbers 13, verse 1, come. He goes to the Lord. He goes to the tabernacle. He said, Lord, the people came to me and said they want to send spies to see the land, and it seemed like a good idea to me. God is sitting on the throne of grace and mercy, ruling in righteousness the God there's a covenant-keeping God. And God goes, really? So you think it's a good idea? And Moses says, yes, Lord. Here's what God is thinking. I didn't tell them about the giants. Because I already made up my mind that if those sons of Anak, those, um, those uh, uh, um, giants, had taken a step in their direction, I would wipe them off the face of the earth with a blink of my eye. I would, God said, I didn't tell them about the giants. I didn't want them to know about the giants till they got in the battle so that they cried to me in the battle and I step in and be the God I promised I would be. God is hurt, but he's saying, okay, Moses, um, this, okay, but only send the leaders of the tribes. Only send leaders of the tribes. I've been dealing with the leaders, just to send them. And Moses said, okay, I'll tell the people. And Moses leaves God's presence, and God's heart is like, wow. In Hebrews, you know what God said? He said, oh, that you had believed me. He said, I wish you had believed me. Right now, you're standing on the precipice of something that God wants to do for you, and it's bigger than you, if the credit score is higher, the qualification for the job, you're thinking, you, you, I just can't, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to embarrass myself. You're afraid of what people are thinking, and God is saying, if you just take the risk, stop choosing comfort over risk. Every time I put you in a position to take a risk, you choose comfort, you choose ease, and your life can't change if you choose comfort. Because the bridge to where you're going is called risk. And so they go in and you know the rest of the story. You don't know who you are. Your car has a security system. Your house has a security system. 
It makes you safe. But your soul doesn't have a security system. So you always feel like you have to fend for yourself. But the word of the Lord to you is, my promise to you is your safety. It's your security. Everything you've ever needed, needed, I've promised you. Here's what I want to do. Lift your hand to the Lord. I want to speak this over your life. The Lord is going to approach you with scary probabilities and possibilities. He's trying to salvage some of what's left of your life. Some of you are starting out and all you've ever seen is failure. Some of you are in the middle and you need a course correction like yesterday. Some of you have wasted years and wish you could get them back. But the word of the Lord to you is, I've given you exceeding valuable promises that worked back then and they will work today. I need you to trust me. I need you to take the risk of giving back to me what I've given you to steward. And I need you to go forward with the thing I put in your heart. And so here's what I want you to say back to the Lord. Say from this moment forward, I trust you. Even though I don't fully understand. The things that are above me, bring down to me. The things that are beyond me, cause me to stretch in your strength. Show me the next step. And if, if it's scary to me, give me the courage. If it's heavy for me, give me the strength. Give me to never forget, it's not about my qualification. It's about your promise. It's about your blessing. It's about you doing something in my life through your grace that I can never qualify for. I trust you today with all of my life. With all of my life, I give back to you all you've given to me. You are my God and I belong to you. All of me, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I'm yours. So God, do what you, what you plan to do. God say, do what you plan to do. Do what's in your heart. I believe you. I believe your promise. If you believe that, what you worship him right now. Worship him right now, worship him right now. Not just to respond, but just to, yeah, give him some kind of offering. Give him some kind of praise right now. Give, give him something. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.